0: Blog Talk Radio Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views, the place for pets and the people who love them. Aww, it's so sad. Come here, come here, boy. Here is your host, practicing veterinarian Veterinary News Network reporter and host of the popular YouTube show, The Web DVM, Dr. Roger Welton. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views. I'm your host, Roger Welton, practicing veterinarian, coming to you live from the Florida Space Coast. Thank you very much for joining me this evening. I know it's a little odd. I'm coming to you on a Sunday, but my schedule has been a little bit haphazard. A lot of people at the office taking vacation, but the office I'm referring to my full-service animal hospital that I, uh, that I work at in my spare time. Um, so yeah, it's that time of year, and uh, just coming to uh, into the studio to broadcast to you when I can. The beauty of a podcast is that all I need is a few days to post an episode, and enough of you are, are either Twitter, Facebook, or Blog Talk Radio followers that... Uh, you guys are going to tune in, and if you don't catch it live, you know we're on iTunes anyway, so you'll catch me at some time. So it gives me a little bit of leeway for the future reference. Since this is my second-to-last broadcast of 2014, I'll be coming to you one more time before the year's over. Uh, tonight's episode is hidden holiday dangers, and I, I stay tuned because I, I I do a piece on this every year, but every year I tweak it a little bit because there's there's new things that come up. And there may be some things that I haven't discussed in the past. And we want to keep our pets safe this holiday season. We'll get back to that in just a moment. But um, my last show will be sometime next week, either later this week, early next week. Um, We'll get that in before New Year's Eve. And, um, you know, typically as my wrap-up show, it's interesting. That one usually gets the most listens, basically talk about lessons learned, reflect on the year, uh, not just from a, a pet perspective, but, but just from a, a human experience perspective, what I'm seeing in people and pets as well. We talk about all kinds of things, things that might have transpired throughout the year, outbreaks of whatever disease is, suspect, you know, pet food companies or unethical things that have been going on, such as the jerky treat scandal, um, you know, what have you. We talked about everything in that last episode. It's really nice wrap up and, gives us a little bit of closure for the year before we start fresh in 2014 which uh I won't be taking much time off we're we plan to hit the ground running I got a lot of things to talk about in 2014 but make sure you you catch that last episode cuz you know usually uh I, I get 10,000 plus listens on on that last one of the year uh because there, it it really is pretty neat to just kind of look back and and reflect on the things that that I've discussed the things that people have given me as as far as feedback and and also just kind of put it all together and put things in perspective. I do appreciate all of your uh, listenership, viewership, readership, however it is that you uh, come to uh, take in the, the subject matter that I, I put out there. It comes from my heart and soul. It comes from my experience and, and the fact that people take the time to really listen to it or watch it on YouTube or read it at, at my blog. It's just uh, it's overwhelming, and I thank you once again for another great year. So, let's get right to it tonight, holiday dangers. Now, this time of year, those of you who have children, and all of us have been children in the past, we know the magic of this time of year for the kids, for families, everybody's just bubbling with excitement, it's really just a happy time for everybody. It is a joyous time, people are just in the spirit of giving, wanting to give more rather than receive uh, looking to just be in a, a better mood generally, and uh, I know my office at my hospital, the the place is just filled with treats from grateful clients who just want to just feed us, stuff us full of calories out of uh, just just a great camaraderie we have with them. And it's just it's just a wonderful time of year, no matter where you are, and the pets are part of that joy. Um, you know, every time I turn my head, I see a golden retriever walking down the road with a a set of deer antlers on, or a little chihuahua comes in with a Christmas sweater, you know, it does get a little chilly here in central Florida occasionally, and I know that those of you throughout the country that have been experiencing already some pretty pretty heavy winter conditions, um, you know, kind of probably laugh at that, but you know we're used to warm weather, so it drops down the mid 50s. We're like, uh, you know, we're having all kinds of issues. People are wearing scarves and boots, and it's it's insane uh, what what warm weather uh, uh, pansies we all hear now. Uh, we 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 are all here uh, down in in Florida, and um, the same applies to the pets. You know, they they put the booties on them and the sweaters, and some of them come in with little elf hats and and what have you. Um, you know, it's just but the the pets are part of our family so they're going to reflect part of what we're going through and if, if, if you're listening and of course your pet is probably part of your family so your pets are part of the joy a lot of people even have stockings Christmas stockings for their own pets so they can get stocking stuffers as well so it's just a wonderful time of year but it's also a time of year when certain dangers lurk out there that unfortunately are unique to the holiday season and increase as we approach these times of year and I want to highlight some of those so you can keep your pets safe. <clears throat> so let's break it you know kind of the species that we that I discussed by and large cats and dogs it's my expertise That's what I focus on most that's been my most life experience but it's also been my main body of veterinary experience and so the species are different we know that those of us who have both of them know that Those of us who who choose to have one versus another uh, well know the differences in the species and, and they tend to get into different types of trouble. Our kitty cats, for example, mess around with stringy stuff. So stuff that is, you know, like balls of yarn, linear in nature, things they can twine themselves up in, unravel towels and get the stringiness out of them. They love stringy things. And what can come of that is if they accidentally swallow, uh, as they just aggressively will just mouth these things and play with them, they accidentally swallow those stringy things, it can create the most dangerous type of gastrointestinal foreign body known to veterinary medicine, which is the linear foreign body. Now, these can happen in dogs. If they get overzealous, you know, dogs will eat anything, and we'll get to that a little bit later on. But dogs will eat anything, and, and certainly they can have a linear foreign body, but I, I have probably done somewhere in the vicinity of about 20 linear foreign body surgeries in cats. I've only done one in a dog. So when we look at the percentage of my surgeries, it seems to for every one cat that has this problem, or for every 20 cats that has this problem, there's only one dog. So we've got to be really careful with our kitties. Of course, be careful across the board, but especially with our kitties. Any linear object like that, anything stringy, longer than four inches can, can present a linear foreign body hazard and and here's the reason as the the linear object gets into the gut the gut is going to try to propagate the item as it does anything else that enters it it wants to pass it and move it along by smooth muscle con- contractions that accomplish that these smooth muscle contractions are known as peristalsis so essentially peristalsis is the reason that we could stand on our heads and still you know drink water out of a straw and it's going the right direction I mean, some of it might come out of our nose, but for the most part, it's going to go in the right direction because starting at our esophagus, going down to our stomach, all the way down the intestines, we have this peristaltic action that's moving things in the right direction. Well, in the case of the linear foreign body, the peristalsis, as it's moving it along, accomplishes all too often the stretching of the object, and it gets really taut. And then as the intestine continues to try to move it along, the intestine bunches up around it, and it can actually lacerate the bowel. And that's a really bad thing because once the bowel is cut and it starts to leak its contents in the abdomen, really bad things can happen. So the bowel damage is one bad thing, of course, very, very bad. That's going to need to be repaired. But once that bowel contents leaks into the sterile abdomen, see, what's inside the gut is not sterile. It's food. It's all kinds of um, digestive enzymes in there working on that food, breaking it down for the absorption process, and that leaks into the sterile abdomen. What ensues is a a condition known as peritonitis. Um, It is uh, basically an inflammatory, infectious disease of the abdominal cavity, which, you know, by the time that occurs, these animals are often, you know, you're talking about a 50-50 proposition as far as survival with surgery and intensive care following surgery. So very serious problem. Uh, foreign body or linear foreign bodies so you know yarny things stringy things keep them away from your kitty so sticking with that in our kitty cats and and dogs are guilty of this too but again more kitty cats what are one of the most common stringy objects in the home this time of year christmas tree lights and of course the tinsel and the garlands on the christmas tree which are also shiny which cats just love too so let's be careful those tinsel and garlands but christmas lights they're linear, and they want to mess around with those just as much as they want to mess around with, with any other linear linear object they see. They're just fascinated by it. At any rate, um, we're, most of us have seen the classic uh, Christmas Vacation movies with the Griswolds. <laughs> uh, the Christmas Vacation, well, the whole series of Vacation movies, but Christmas Vacation, is, to me, is my favorite uh, I just love that movie. i got to watch it every year. It's just hilarious. But we all recall the scene when the senile aunt, and I, I don't recall her name, but the senile aunt bring, brings her cat wrapped up as a gift, and so the Griswolds have to deal with a cat uh, who's who's in their home through the holidays. And the cat, at one in one scene, is gnawing at the Christmas lights, gnawing, gnawing, gnawing. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all you hear is, WHOW! And then, and then suddenly the tree is on fire. So all you see is a stain of kitty cat that used to be there, and and, and a poof of hair, white hair, the white cat, and the tree lights on fire because uh, cousin Ed's dog snot uh, kept drinking the water out of <laughs> out of the, out of the uh, base of the tree, so the tree dried out, so it went right up. Um, you know, and, and and while this is this is tragic comedy right here, uh, I mean it is too funny uh it's not too far removed from, from what really happens because you know they bite down on the electrical cord of the lights and they come in contact with that electrical current it's going to shock the heck out of them now a little bit of dramatic license they're not going to go up in a poof like that necessarily but it can it it can it can singe them it can it can cause serious injury and, and the really tough part is when they survive it, the aftermath, it could just be horrific electrical burns in the mouth and the face. It's just, just awful. And some many of them will die, you know, instantaneously from that. But but um, the other thing is the fire hazard, you know, and, and um, a lot of our trees are dry. I mean, it happens you forget to, to fill the bowl, the, the, you know, the, the, the basin there. And, um, you know, they get dry. And, and, look, these things are hacked out of the ground. They've lost their root system. So they're not staying, you know, Moist as readily as they should to begin with. A lot of those trees get really dry, and some of the um, some of the, the artificial ones are troubly, tr- troublingly flammable. So, you know, again, dramatic license, a little extreme, hilarious to watch, but not too far removed uh, from reality. So, what you want to do is, if you have kitties that are very interested in your Christmas tree, and I know all th- two of my three are very interested. Uh, to the point that it's just it's it's almost unbearable to put the tree up every year, keeping the cats out of it. So, um, one of the things that we've done in the past to keep the cats away, or at least send a message to let them know that within a certain radius of of the tree is unacceptable, you can get these things called scat mats. And scat mats just they have an electrical charge to them, and you, <laughs> they they're run by a battery. So you know you're, they're not plugged into the wall socket, but they have a battery, and you turn them on. And Essentially, when the, when the kitty step on them, it gives them like a static electric shock. It's nothing that's bad. I've actually stepped on them all too often, myself, barefoot, and it it it, it, it annoys you. <laughs> it's not pleasant, but it's not uh, inhumane or painful. Um, it, it sends the message and it keeps them off of it. Um, I would advise that if you have cats interested in your tree, because, again, the garlands, you know, the, the, the long strings of uh, tinsel-y things, and, of course, tinsel itself that you throw on there could be linear foreign body hazards, and, of course, the electrical lights are a serious danger or hazard potential danger to your pets and, and potentially to yourselves if they were to make a fire as a result of messing with them. So keep that in mind. So that's a, that's pretty much it for, for cats really when it comes down to Christmas lights, linear foreign bodies. That are, those are our main issues with kitty cats. So let's get the dogs now. Silly, silly, silly dogs. Um, they're so goofy. They're, they're just, they're just delightfully goofy. Um, The problem with dogs is, for the most part, they'll eat anything. You know, while cats, yes, their one weakness is linear objects for the most part, they're not that dumb when it comes to, you know, eating and swallowing and chewing on just about anything. And I'll tell you, about 10 minutes before my broadcast, I want to talk about foreign body obstruction. So we just talked about the linear foreign body that we see more commonly in the kitties, but foreign body obstruction, so these are things that the dogs eat that end up in their gut. Offhand, I can't, I, I can't even go back and tell you how many of these types of surgeries I've done. It's got to be somewhere in the hundreds at this point. I mean, there's so many I do a year, <laughs> and this is a, this is a time of year where I do more of them uh, because there's just more stuff out there for them to get into. So I just quickly jotted down off the top of my head um, some of the things that I've taken out. So rocks, more rocks than I could shake a stick. I can't believe how many rocks I pulled out of. Canine guts, but uh, ornaments, Christmas ornaments. Think about the size of a Christmas ornament, and think what it would take to swallow a Christmas ball. I've seen it twice. One time, hook and all. Uh, tampons, very popular ones. Uh, I've, I've had two cases of tampons. Uh, one used, where uh, they were used, and the dog got to them, ate them all, and it got jammed in the gut. And 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 also unused. I've come across. Uh, Diapers, baby diapers are very, very popular. My dogs, uh, you know, my my kids have reached the, you know, the the overnight pull up stage. They're not in diapers anymore, but boy, they can't re- resist those pull ups either. And uh, we find those shredded from time to time. Luckily, they knock on wood, I haven't had to do surgery on either of my dogs over that. But you know, that's another one. Cat litter. Can't tell you how many times I've pulled gobs and gobs of cat litter out of canine guts because. They love to dine on the cat box, if they are the litter box if they get to it. Underwear, particularly ladies' underwear. For some reason, they're not as interested in men's underwear. They love ladies' underwear. Don't quite know, quite know why that is. And this was a really weird one. It just kind of popped into my head. Water potato. Water potato is a kind of, I don't even call it a vegetable, but I guess it's a vegetable. I don't know. It grows in these bushes here in Florida, more around the nature preserves. And, and this, this Labrador came in and... Uh, the dog was just losing tons of weight. It had lost like 18 pounds in a three-month period. And I ran blood work. Blood work was normal, and everything felt kind of normal. I took an x-ray, though, and I see this big old round thing in the stomach that's taking up most of the stomach. A water potato is about the size of an orange. We're talking about a big piece of, again, vegetable fruit. I don't know. I, in fact, it's the first time I became familiar with the water potato, this particular case, and I've I've, I've never really heard of them since. But it's a very large fruit. Slash vegetable-like object that grow wild here in Florida. This Labrador, you know, we're talking the forty. Uh, one of the more petite Labs, maybe like high forty pounds ish. Dog had lost eighteen pounds, so probably like you know sixty, sixty some pound dog swallowed this large thing and ended up in the stomach. And that's why the dog just you know had really very little appetite. Removed it, she did fine, but um, you know foreign bodies are not necessarily unique to the holidays. You know, I will say that and and. You know, just because I see a, a bit more of them this time of year, I still thought it was a good good idea to mention. If your dog has a tendency to do these things, you know, secure your home as much as you can. Um, things that you know your dog just can't resist, like some of these aforementioned things, and some of them you just you just can't predict. Uh, you just do your best to not leave things laying around because your dogs will find a way to swallow them, and then you end up in my office. Um, so... Here's a here's a big one that dogs will eat and we can't quite blame them for this one. Chocolate. They love chocolate. Well, who doesn't love chocolate? And if it's laying around, well, heck. You can't blame the dog for 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 wanting to eat the chocolate and you know, maybe you can say, "Hey, why would you eat a a tampon?" But but you know, uh chocolate, well, that's a no-brainer. Anybody will, would would want to go for chocolate. But in dogs, they don't uh, eliminate a, a particular molecule that's within the chocolate called theobromine and theobromine is it's pretty innocuous to us because we eliminate it very quickly but in dogs it it builds up and it can cause some serious problems it can lead to liver damage seizures severe spikes in body temperature uh, uh, severe severe GI syndrome vomiting and diarrhea uncontrollable that sudden that can very quickly lead to um, acid-base problems Metabolic acidosis, which is a very serious issue uh, in dog severe dehydration I mean dogs commonly not let let 's not say commonly but not uncommonly die from theobromide syndrome because of the fact that um, chocolate ingestion is something that if that chocolate 's out there they 're going to eat it um, and 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 there's some you know there, there's varying degrees of danger among the different types of chocolate. So when you look at the most dangerous, the most dangerous is baker's chocolate, so chocolate that you're going to use in baking cakes, baking brownies, things like that. The next would be the semi-sweet chocolate. Semi-sweet chocolate has high thiobromine uh, uh, concentration in comparison to other chocolates as well, and that would be like your um, most of like your chocolate chips are going to be semi-sweet, and, and you and you know, you can see it right in the packaging, it'll say semi-sweet chocolate. For the baking chocolate, it'll say baking chocolate, and just know those are especially dangerous. Milk chocolate would be like a distant third. The dog would have to eat an awful lot of milk chocolate to have theobromine uh, toxicity, but as far as the bakers in the semi-sweet, they don't need to eat a whole lot of that uh, to to be in a dangerous zone. And then dark chocolate would be our least dangerous and if they ingest amounts of any of those, what you want to do is call the ASPCA Poison Control Hotline and just let them know exactly what kind of chocolate the pet ate, how much the pet ate. If it's during business hours of your veterinarian, call your veterinarian. You know We're always, we're always happy to, uh, to assist, and that way you can, you can come in and measures can be taken if indeed we're worried about toxicity based on the amount consumed. Got to watch out for chocolate, though. Here's another one, though. I'm not sure I discussed this last year when I did this piece. Uh, Xylitol. A lot of you probably never heard of xylitol, but xylitol is an artificial sweetener. And unfortunately, a lot of folks erroneously believe or think that artificial sweeteners are reserved for diet sweets, uh, low-calorie sweets in candies and things like that. But that's actually not the case. And the reason is things like xylitol actually sweeten more effectively in a lot of cases than sugar does, and so they're even added to things that are not meant to be necessarily dietary items, um, things that you can eat on a low calorie basis. They can be in anything, and it's really surprising in what some items xylitol can be. in. so, if your dog ingests candy by accident, whether it's you know hard candy, soft candy, even even a chocolate bar, whatever whatever it is you want to check for in the ingredients for xylitol uh, because if there's xylitol in there, it can cause a severe, severe drop in the blood glucose, which is the blood sugar, and they can actually go comatose and seizure and die. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's not unheard of. It happens. Um, xylitol is in, in more things than you realize, and it's spelled X-Y-L-I-T-O-L. So keep those chocolates, candies, sweets, out of reach of your dogs, to the best of your ability, because they can cause a lot of problems. But by and large, my most common problem, I think, this time of year, I would call dietary indiscretion. And of course, any of this falls under the category of dietary indiscretion. If they're eating rocks, you know, tampons like the foreign body obstructions, or if they're eating linear foreign objects like the cats do, um, yes, it's dietary indiscretion on the part of the pet, but and, and and in this case, when they're when they're getting at rich foods, foods that are too rich for them, probably too rich for us, but we can't resist. We're going to deal with the GI upset and take our Pepto and Tums and and Pepcid and every anything else it takes to be able to handle the foods we want to eat this time of year because we won't be denied. But um, you know, certainly they, they can be very troubling for our pets. And yes, the pets, you know, you turn your head or your child turns their head. They're going to be opportunistic little creatures. They're going to get into those rich foods, that glazed ham, the um, you know mashed potatoes and, and uh, desserts and cheesecake and everything else that can be out there. They're going to get into it. Uh, the minute you're not, the minute you turn your head. So sometimes it's accidental dietary indiscretion, but sometimes it's the owner that's engaging in the dietary indiscretion. It's a holiday. You know, festive occasion, and they look at the their beady eyes of their pet, and they look face the, the 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 dog so desperately is just smelling all those smells, and their sense of smell is like two hundred thousand times more acute than ours. And so they're taking in the, all the smells and sights of all this wonderful food, and they look at their little faces, and they say, "Oh heck, Fluffy, really, really should you just get a little piece of this." And so lots of times it's the owners giving in to the beady little eyes. And I don't blame you for it. You know, as I said, they're part of the holiday joy. But nonetheless, bad things can happen. So very often these dogs are not really accustomed to having anything like this. So they, you know, some dogs stray from their regular dog food diet. And the owners have been so consistent with it that uh, even eating a different dog food can stir their GI in in a a bad direction. But certainly, you know, you add some glazed ham, a piece of cheesecake, uh, you know, whatever, (laughs) whatever may be out there that we know is a rich food. They partake in some of that. Severe vomiting and diarrhea can land them at the veterinarian. Usually it's not that big of a deal, but here's where it does become a big deal. Pancreatic disease. So we can see pancreatitis uh, occur from the consumption of rich foods, pancreatitis is an overblown inflamed pancreas that is hyper responding to ingestion of proteins and fats. Usually fats are the big, are the bigger um, the, the, the bigger the bigger villain in that story. The fats will tend to make the pancreas hyper secrete an enzyme called lipase and that causes all kinds of problems. That's 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 a, that's a potentially life-threatening condition, pancreatitis. We usually don't lose those cases, but a lot of them require hospitalization, and, and and some of them, you know, I've lost a couple in the course of treating uh, pancreatitis. Granted, I've treated hundreds of cases, so losing a couple of the yards are pretty good, but, you know, you just don't want to get to that point. So watch the rich foods. Watch the rich foods, okay? Um, if you want your pets to partake in the holiday, you know, meal, the, the festivities, just use common sense. How about a piece of lean turkey from... You know, from the um, from 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 the turkey that's being carved. How about a nice piece of white meat turkey, or even a little bit of dark meat from the leg? Mix it up a little bit, add it to the dog food so they can partake in that. How about a lean piece of steak? That's okay, like a lean piece of London broil, something like that, as long as it's not overly marinated. Use your common sense. Let them be able to partake if you must, um, and and just 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 do it in a manner that is, is just using common sense and don't overdo it. The other big thing, folks, is secure the garbage. Secure the garbage, secure the garbage, secure the garbage. Um, they cannot resist the garbage. And in that garbage, it's very often food that's beginning to decay. It's it's, it's getting rampant with, uh, uh, you know, de- decaying food pathogens, decomposing food ca- uh, pathogens. So the other thing that we can see in there is bones, steak bones, pork bones, poultry bones, you know, a lot of people, a lot of pet owners just associate poultry bones as obstruction hazards and uh, bones that can splinter and actually lacerate the, the gut, jab into the gut and actually cut it. Um, but no, steak bones and ham bones can be equally as bad. So we don't want to be giving them voluntarily, ham and steak bones. Certainly, we don't want to get them out of the out of the garbage either. Garbage can... Enteritis or garbage can, gastritis is another uber-common thing we see this time of year because, you know, there's so much trash going in after these holiday parties and sometimes it's not taken out immediately as people socialize and and the dog just can't resist getting in there given the opportunity. It's naughty, but it's hard to blame them. You know, we got to secure them as we would secure any danger for our toddlers walking around or preschoolers that can get into trouble, so um secure your garbage i can't I can't uh say that enough so that's all I got for tonight. Uh, we did not get any callers. I think I forgot to mention that we do have an eight hundred or a toll free eight seven seven call in number. I guess I forgot because we haven't gotten many calls as of late, but um you're always free to call in eight seven seven eight seven eight one four three five where well, you can email comments, questions, concerns, anything you want to talk about on, this, on the show that I can air live for you. Um, I get questions all the time. Didn't have any tonight, but that's comments at web-dvm.net. Comments at web-dvm.net. Web-dvm.net is where I have my blog. It's also a veterinary information and advice website. I, uh, if you haven't seen it, I would advise you to check it out. So I'll be coming to you um, again, either later this week, or early next week. I'm, I'm guessing it'll be leave- or Sunday night of next week um, just keep an eye out for my schedule I'll be posting it probably in the next few days here and uh, if you don't happen to catch a live episode be sure to uh, tune in and, and grab the archive they're available on iTunes within usually an hour of closing have a very Merry Christmas everybody I wish you the very best for those of you who don't celebrate Christmas have a lovely holiday season I'll be in touch with you shortly and thank you again for listening No is necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.